0: All right, today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we're going to be talking about how you react to your partner's moods. And that, that generally there's one partner who's just a little more reactive than the other. Their mood swings a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower, and learning how to approach those difficult moments in a way that's going to keep you connected and going to build emotional trust. So, listen today to the Relationship Renovation Podcast.
1: Hi all and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And
0: my name is EJ Kerwin.
1: Today's an exciting topic, Yeah, how to deal with your partner's mood swings.
0: You know, it's definitely something most couples deal with in their relationship. You know, sometimes both partners have pretty significant mood swings. Sometimes one partner is a little more flat, you know, and the other is much more dynamic. Uh, But definitely something we can relate to and something that's important to help couples deal with.
1: And I think this topic is so important because when we can really again this is about skills when we can really learn the skills on how to regulate ourselves better to uncomfortable situations it really does build emotional safety in the relationship because you're teaching each other how to regulate during very uncomfortable moments and mood swings are uncomfortable moments
0: yeah they're they're uncomfortable and oftentimes they're not predictable You know, they're like a big sidewind to both individuals within the couple, because oftentimes the person who has those mood swings, you know, it's not like they're choosing to have them.
1: No, absolutely not. I think, and I don't know if it's okay to go here with this, but let's start talking about first what happens when you don't have the skills to deal with your partner's mood swings. What do you see that happens in the relationship?
0: I mean, I think the most common thing is that you react to it. You react strongly to it yourself. You take it personally. You snap back at your partner. You know, I, I guess to generalize it, that, you know, kind of the most destructive or most negative way in which you you re- might react to it is just by instinctively responding.
1: Right. And when you're instinctively responding, how do you think the other person who's having the mood swing is perceiving you?
0: Well, I think sometimes they don't even really, that doesn't even come into account. They might like afterwards be able to sort of be like, well, that wasn't helpful or whatever. But but what I see more often is it's literally like pouring gas on a fire, you know, that basically it, elevates the mood, right? Or maybe does the opposite, it completely shuts them down. But whatever it does, it definitely doesn't create a connecting moment between the couple.
1: But why do you think that happens? Why do you think it puts fuel on the fire? If like, let's just say I'm the person that's moody, hormonal, whatever you want to call it, and you're being reactive, and then then it heightens it, why do you think that happens?
0: I think it's a broad range right there. But I can say in our relationship, I think what happens is when I react to it, you feel unsupported, you feel judged, you feel sort of like othered, you know, that I'm putting you in a box. And I think that's what happens. Is that is that accurate?
1: Yes. And let me just speak for myself, but I have a feeling I'm speaking for many people who have, you know, mood swings or or really their moods kind of escalate when, you know, it's their hormone or their period time, whatever it is, is that I'm already feeling so uncomfortable and awful and all over the place and confused. And then when I have you kind of being reactive, which EJ is much better now, I'm like, it reinforces that I'm crazy that I'm not okay that there's something wrong with me. And then I feel even more alone. But I'm already feeling alone because, you know, when you're having mood swings, it's a very internal experience. It shows out externally, right? By like irritability, angry outbursts, crying, whatever it might be. But the internal experience is just very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And I think what has been especially hard for me over the years is that what I've learned and what you've told me is that you're going through a vulnerable moment, that it's actually really uncomfortable internally, that you're really sad or upset, but what it looks to me like is anger frustration at me or 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 somebody you know in close proximity and so it's confusing because well i think it's confusing like neurobiologically because everything in my body is like defend yourself danger 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 mm. you know and then even cognitively it's like well gosh that's i don't like that you know and so it was it's been a process for me of learning how to stay empathetic in those moments and open hearted versus shutting off. And, so, and not you know, obviously not all that has to do with you. It has to do with old protective mm-hmm. devices that I've had when people were angry at me.
1: Right. And this is really important because when couples present in couples counseling, or even if you're not in couples counseling, but you just really start to feel that fracture. This is one of the challenges a lot of couples experiences. they don't know how to support each other when the other person is feeling moody or uncomfortable or is in a place of suffering. And, you know, I'm just a lot of times that is what brings couples in. They can't quite define it that way because they're not defining emotional safety in the way we do. But let's also, I think it's important because yes, it can erode a relationship. It can increase feelings of isolation. It can increase feelings of disconnect, but mood, shifting of moods. What is a mood? right? We kind of talk about like, oh, when your partner's in a moody state, but let's really define what that means for our topic today.
0: Well, I mean, I think it can be a few different things. I mean, there's greater trends in mood, you know, they're like, you know, there can be like what I would think of like a weather front, right? That like when when a cloud system comes in it comes in and it lasts for a while, you know? And so it can be like, you know, especially with things like depression, Mm -hmm. if you have a partner who struggles with depression, it's something that sort of moves in and then stays present for a long time. It sort of blankets their experience, you know? and, And a person can be stuck in them for a long time then there's like, you know, there's more like... Um, impulsive mood shifts? Well, I, I don't want to say impulsive. I want to say like they're impacted by sort of like external circumstances.
1: Let me counter that too, though, because you're talking that mood shifts that last a while and that can blanket it and it's like weather, storm coming in. There are also mood shifts that are, are very quick and rapid that can last 5, 10, 15 minutes. So I think it's important to identify that shifting moods is on a spectrum. It can be like every hour, it could last for days, weeks, months, you know, that there's a variation to it. And the more you can understand the pattern of what happens, the more you're going to be able to kind of have control over it.
0: And I think that, you know, that, you know, we have to really like understand our partner. You know, I think one thing that I think has helped us is we've, taken a lot of care in getting to understand one another. And so mm-hmm. there are mood patterns that are characterological, right? You know, th- yes. there are mood states that are just sort of how, you know, each of us is built. You know, I tend to not have a very extreme variation in my my mood. So they're much more subtle, right? You have a much more dynamic characterological mood fluctuation, right? Oh yes. And so that's sort of our baseline of of how we exist. But then there's and we use this word a lot, triggers that launch moods. There are interactions, there are stressors, and those sort of like they then affect that baseline characterological mood state. And so you've learned things like, you know, like you might sort of miss maybe of what's going on. Something's just subtly drift different with me. I haven't told you that I've been thinking about money all week and it's sort of dragging me sort of down into a dark place. And you've had to figure, figure that out of how to be sort of aware and empathetic to that.
1: Right. So that's a, Great plug-in to just you know just talking about some of the things that lead to mood shifts. Just to kind of put labels on it because our brain likes labels, right? Because we're talking that moods can come from a variety of sources. They can come from hormones. They can come from mental health issues. They can come from being hungry, hangry. <laughs> they can come from being anxious, anxious. That's hungry and anxious right? Yes. Um, They can come from lack of sleep. They can come from financial stress. They can come from work stress. They can come from couple stress. I mean, there's so many different ways that the external environment can impact our mood.
0: Yeah. And I think this is why, I think Dr. Stan Tatkin talks a a lot about this, is that we we have to sort of become experts in our partner. Yeah. You know, that we have to understand them much better in order to support them. Because he he, you know, he talks about this idea that we are in each other's care. So if we are in each other's care, then I have to have an understanding of Tara's mood state, her sort of like baseline characterological mood state and then I have to be very aware of triggers for her. And and so this is a great segue where, and I think a lot of people will relate to this, is in, you know, our male-female relationship that a significant stressor for us has been her period time mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. she has like told me over and over, I need you to be this during this time. And I just struggled with it for years because it was fair to say extreme.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Totally. If anyone has seen our social media, there's this one called the period alien. And it's exactly like I tried to really capture what happens between the two of us during my period. Yeah. And it it would,
0: (laughs) even though she would tell me like, it's coming, like it's going to happen in the next few days or whatever. Like I always found myself unprepared when suddenly this change would happen.
1: And so what would happen is we would get into the biggest arguments ever during these times because I felt like I was like, I've warned him, I told him, I've got it up on the board. I told him all the ways that he can support me and he still can't do what I am so done. This man cannot support me. He does not know how to protect me. Those were our worst fights where I would just end up crying, leaving feeling so alone, feeling like I can't do this one more month because I know my period comes every month. Well, now I'm probably starting to get into perimenopause. So it's different now, (laughs) which is just a whole other thing. That's a whole other podcast. We'll talk about that when I go through it. (laughs) Well,
0: and no matter, you know, I had to do a ton of just individual work around this because no matter how much she would tell me like, do this, do this, do this, it felt like as you were saying that, like what was coming up for me is it was like, it was like preparing for a hurricane, you know, it was like, okay, like I've, you know, I I got tons of food,
1: hurricane flow,
0: and I've put plywood over all the windows and, um, and everything (laughs) is like ready to go. And then when it comes in, it just rips everything to pieces. And, (laughs) and then it's like, why didn't you do this? I was like, I thought I did. I thought I had it. I thought I was okay. Okay, You told
1: me the words. Let's tell everyone how we... We haven't perfected our skills. Perfect is boring, we always say. But let's really tell them how we each individually tried to make it better because if we didn't, we would not be together today, yeah. like and absolutely. So do you wanna start or do you want me to
0: Yeah, start? I mean, so, I mean, and I just wanna say like, you know, we kind of f- fell into talking about period, but I think it's, it's just as applicable right. for, for whatever, you know, any kind of like fluctuation. And we'll first start with your mood. And then then maybe we'll flip back because I think it is important that we kind of do that opposite side when there's one person who's a little more flat and the challenges of of that as well. I mean, I would say the biggest thing is I had to become aware that some of your behaviors that I struggle with were actually just a symptom of your suffering. Mm. And I, I talked to another couple about this just the other night. Of like, I have like a script in my head that when incidents happen, and again, I get, I got very aware of like what are the type of things that are happening, and I'm just going to be like, you know, that that Tara tends to get like a little more critical in those times. Mm-hmm. She's just a little more reactive. That that things that maybe she would. Brush off, like really get deeply embedded, and there's like a darkness that sort of mm-hmm. that, that sort of mm-hmm. comes out that oftentimes is sort of pointed towards me, and I have a script now in my head of like she is suffering, she is really struggling right now, this is her pain, you know, and so that that for me keeps me from going into. The other script, which? which is autonomic, I don't have to try to do it because it just launches and yeah. self launches. And it's like, I cannot believe this shit. Yeah. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, this is, you know, and a lot of it's like self righteous indignation. It's mm. like, this is bullshit. This is like, I don't deserve this. I'm a good guy, you know? And so, and I know even though like that's self protective, it doesn't help. It does not help. It doesn't make her feel supported. And so I try to launch that opposite script of like, I love her. I care for her. So that keeps me from going into instinctive responses. The other part is that Tara has given me some very direct feedback on what she wants to hear. And the number one thing she says is I want you to just come towards me, maybe not touch me, (laughs) but come towards me and say, I got you. Mm -hmm. You know, don't defend myself. Don't try to problem solve and, you know, definitely don't like try to like go into protective mode for myself or anyone else, but just tell her I got you mm-hmm. and stay close, you know? And that's the hard part because sometimes staying close means means hearing some tough stuff.
1: <laughs> well, also you might try that and it might backfire. Like it took me, it took you being consistent with that in order for me to trust that that was authentic and genuine, Right. And so I just also want to say that, like when you start to try these new skills and it feels really, we love the word clunky, that I, you doing it now over and over and over again is I trust it more. But in the beginning, I, I didn't. And I was like, no, go away. But you told me you want me to come with, just go away. Like, cause I think I was trying to push you to that place that we'd always been in that pattern, that cycle. Um, but you stayed very consistent, which was huge. So if it backfires the first, second, third, 10th time, keep on trying people.
0: <laughs> well, and it it even helps when, when I do get it wrong occasionally because like about a week and a half ago, there was an incident walking in the house where the mood rapidly shifted. I should have seen it coming, I didn't. And then I didn't react in that way. I didn't come towards her. I did something completely different mm-hmm. and it went really sideways and it, it was a really bad moment for us. But it reminded me, like, I gotta, like, shit, I screwed that up. <laughs> you know, that's not my script. That's not the way I, I want to react in those moments. And I really don't think this is about like me being a pushover or me like I really don't like I think this is about having a healthy loving relationship and knowing we are just very two very different people and that there are times where I do have to have a boundary if it feels like terror's just like not stopping or something. And Mm -hmm. I I do have to have maybe even in a comfortable moment of like look Look, we need to stop right now because this is not positive, and this is this is really hurting me, and so we need to use our code word and mm-hmm. and walk away, yeah, you know, so it's not like but greatly, what this does is it solves the problem, it creates a new pattern because mm-hmm. that I messed up that day, like two or three days later, there was a very similar incident, and I completely. I hit it. I, I I nailed it. I reacted in the way I did it didn't like instantaneously staunch her her emotional state, but it didn't escalate it. Mm-hmm. And for important. me, that's a win. Is like if it doesn't yeah. escalate it, then clearly me is an- another external yeah. stimulus isn't making this worse.
1: But I also like the idea that you're you know you're saying it's now that I'm a pushover because I also have to do my work. Do my moods come on more quickly? And do I escalate in them more than you do? Absolutely. So what my role for me is, I can't just expect that EJ's going to like regulate my internal system. Can he help calm me down? Absolutely. That's what our partners are for. He's there to help calm me down. But I had to get really good at tracking my period, which I have a little app on my phone and I know two days before it's going to start because I always get like a little mini panic attack. And I'm like, oh, that means it's two days away. And so I can say, E.J., just letting you know that in a couple of days, it's going to happen. And so I'm just going to really need you to like (laughs) white knuckle it more so than usual. Because truly, when that happens, when my hormones during my period time happen, it literally does feel like an alien takes over my body. I could do all of the meditation, yoga, positive coping. It doesn't matter my whole body shifts. It's like something comes over me and it just, it's so uncomfortable. It's the only way I can explain it is some other force comes in and I literally feel like I don't have control. What I do have control of is kind of monitoring it, gauging when it's happening, letting EJ know. Okay, that's one thing. I also know when I'm sleep deprived, I definitely am more irritable. And so I try really hard to get sleep, but if there is a night where I only have three to four hours, I'm very aware that I did not have enough sleep. And so I can't take out my stuff on other people, but I might be more irritable, but I will say EJ, like that sleep creep is coming up. And I I just, I can, I have such a lower frustration tolerance when I don't have good sleep.
0: Well, it's also a double whammy because oftentimes in the days leading up to your period, you have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Your, your restless leg kind of kicks in, and I've definitely heard that from a lot of women. That that in those days approaching, their sleep is disturbed, and they they have this flood of hormones. So that's a lot, you know. And that, and that's the other thing is we can't relate, you know. Especially like I said, in in, in male female relationship, like we cannot relate. Like there is nothing in my life that gives me the ability to say like, oh, I understand what you're feeling. I definitely do not understand what you're feeling.
1: I'm gonna just share a little moment of today because my son, I do his hair every morning. He's got this cute, fun, curly hair and I have to diffuse it and put the mousse in and make the curls all cute so they don't frizz out with the diffuser. Like it's a whole thing. And so he had just gotten on the shower, I diffused, mousse. his hair looked great. And then I'm in the kitchen making them eggs and toast for breakfast. And he comes in with his- With his <laughs> sweat, hoodie, with his hoodie with on. With his sweatshirt hoodie. And I literally like lost my shit. I started crying. I'm like, why? Why do you disrespect me? Like literally it was over the top. I recognized it within minutes. I said, Joe, I'm so sorry. Like you can wear your hood. I Something's going on for me right now. And it wasn't okay that I- lost it and got so angry and.
0: And I walked in the house from the gym and he looked at me like, what's going on, dad? What the hell's like, going on? when is daddy coming home? and
1: But that's the thing, like, I'm like, okay, what's going on for me? Why am I so irritable? I'm definitely doing some of my own intensive therapy right now on a weekly basis. So I'm sure my container is just very full. But what I did was, so my kids could make sense of it. It was like, you guys, I'm really sorry. I don't wanna be that way. That reminds me of like my childhood when people would scream at me and that's not okay. And I want you to know that I'm working through my stuff. And then I just cried when EJ came in and I said, sometimes this feels so awful. And he just hugged me. And then within like five minutes, we were all okay. And they understood that it wasn't their fault. I understood that I'm a little bit more um, reactive in the mornings for whatever reason, maybe because of everything that I'm processing in my own therapy. And so it was okay. But if we didn't have those skills and I didn't take accountability and understand what might be happening, kids would take that on. They'd probably try to caretake me. EJ would probably remove the kids around from me because he, and then I would feel more like a monster, like, oh, it's so important. These skills are so important. I can't say it enough. And I'm not saying it's easy because it has been over a decade that we've been working on this, but we keep doing it. It keeps getting better, you know? And so kind of that's my journey. I just have to be really aware as much as I can. So today, while we're sitting at the counter after breakfast and we've kind of repaired it, I was like, I just wish I was a guy. I just wish I could be a man. I am so sick of these hormones. Were you there when I said that? No. And Joe was like, yeah, everybody should be a guy, right? But whatever. (laughs) But one thing I realized from the work that I'm doing is I've accepted that these mood shifts happen. I used to hate them. I used to say, please don't happen. I don't want to deal with this. And it would actually make it worse. It would make my projection and blaming into EJ even worse because I wasn't accepting it myself. But now I'm like, here I am. Here's my panic attack two days before my girl thing. Here is me being irritable, but I accept it. And then I'm kind to myself. And then I apologize for when I'm not kind to other people during those moments. So acceptance of I can't be my best self was significant.
0: All right. So I have an idea. I think actually, because we really went deeply into sort of your side of it, which is the person who has the more dynamic mood changes. I think we're going to follow up next week with a show about mood, but it's going to be about dealing with or being the person who's a little more flat in your mood and the challenges that that creates in relationship and how we've learned to cope with that and our strategies around that. So definitely tune in next week Mm -hmm. around the less dynamic person in the relationship. So, you know, today we took a look mostly at When you or your partner has like dynamic mood changes and that oftentimes it feels very powerless and it's very painful and you don't know how to communicate in a healthy way about it. We talked about the other side of feeling resentful sometimes or overwhelmed by it or just not knowing how to support your partner in those those mood shifts. And we really encourage you if this is something that you and your partner struggle with, that if you've identified, you guys have sort of a different emotional landscape that you guys just talk about it, you know, in a a really open-hearted, loving manner.
1: You are just building that roadmap to support each other and trying to identify anything you can that would be helpful, that would cause mood shifts and what you're needing in those mood shifts. And we are going to continue this next week as well. So
0: yeah, absolutely. So please, we always appreciate if you give us a review, it really means a lot to us. If you have any comments in our show notes, there's a link to give either a voice memo or a written piece of information about a topic you'd like us to explore or a question that you might have. Please tell a friend about our show. Tell a family member. You know, the the bigger this audience gets, the more we're able to support one another, uh, the more we're able to create just wonderful, loving relationships that help families, that help communities, that just make this world a better place.
1: Yeah, just keep building those relationships wellness skills and we are here to support you every step of the way and as always take care of yourselves take care of each other all right bye-bye bye
0: me and you just singing on the train me and you listening to the rain me and you we are the same me and you have all the fame we need indeed you and me are we